0: Stay angry that the government want to take all this from us, stay angry that Highways England want to plough four lanes of HGV traffic through this. It
1: will just be an environmental disaster, it will be an emotional disaster, it will be a mental health
2: disaster. Any work that will disturb the cap on that site has the potential to release dioxins, asbestos fibres, polychlorinated biphenyls. Chemicals that are proven to be carcinogenic or harmful to health.
3: People are still unaware at just how severe and how detrimental the plans are. The
2: amount of pollution, they're literally just killing people off. All
3: the distress that continual traffic causes all the time, the noise, the particulates, so we've got to find a way to deal with this, but building another road is not the answer.
4: miss Pendleton at school we use the Rimrose Valley at least once a week um, every Friday we use it for picnics for sports days for general wildlife hunts Um, we've got the little froggy meadow down there where we see the frogs and the tadpoles and all of that will just be gone we use it just sometimes just to cut through to the canal which we won't have that anymore to be able to do that so yeah we use it every week at least once maybe twice a week as a
3: school I play games in Mirror's Valley with my family in, on in summer. But if there was a road built in it, then it would be noisy in this no space to play games. Like, um on for hours with my family, and um, people might not really get as much fun as they can get now. I go on um, a ride with me granddad and mum, so we can get some more exercise and we do it to get fresh air and. We just go out and have a nice family day. I'll say that they shouldn't build the road because if they build the road, more cars will go through there, and then it'll pollute the air more.
5: Hello, I'm Linda Gaskell, one of the Friends of Rimrose Valley Country Park, and welcome to episode four of our podcast. We said no. That was some of the pupils from Rimrose Hope Primary School in Seaforth talking about what Rimrose Valley Country Park means to them. The school is already very close to the existing A5036 dual carriageway constructed by Highways England in the 1960s. In this episode we are looking at air pollution and what the impact will be on the health and well-being of the Sefton community if plans for this road go ahead. Highways England's plans for the Port of Liverpool Access Road would cut right through the length of Rimrose Valley, literally splitting it down the middle from top to bottom, with the exit coming out directly opposite Rimrose Hope Junior School on the existing dual carriageway. However, Rimrose Hope isn't the only school a dual carriageway would have a devastating impact on. There are another 36 schools within a half-mile radius of Rimrose Valley, thus affecting around about 12,000 school children. Here's resident John Macdonald, who lives on the existing 5036 dual carriageway.
6: I've been living here for 48 years and I've seen all of the changes that have gone along this road. I've lived with it since we had grass verges going down to the road, surrounded by lovely cut hedges and streaming traffic on two lanes of vehicles, one in each direction. And now we've got this bloody nightmare of a motorway outside of our house empty vehicles come past or empty containers even and you will hear the bouncing over the defects in the road you will find that on the far side of the road where there's a, a manhole cover in the track wheel tracks of the lorries which makes an unbelievable noise at night all of these issues our environmental health department will not look at because it's highways england the road out there is owned by highways england but, but this is what you've got. you imagine what's being torn up off that tarmac every second that one of these goes past? Look, the, the neighbourhood here, not, we're not interested in screwing up somebody else who lives in this community. What we're concerned about is the children who live on these roads. The schools, you've seen the children walking past on the way home from school now. The kids are walking down this road in this, in, in this pollution.
5: The residents and school children on Church Road are in a desperate situation, but Highways England's plan to build another road will only shift the problem to other parts of the community. Under the plans that currently exist for the proposed new road, Rimrose Hope School, which is already situated close to the docks in the A5036, would be faced with having a new dual carriageway directly opposite, making the issue twice as bad. Here's Miss Pemberton again from Rimrose Hope Primary School
4: across the the main dual carriageway at the Hamburger Roundabout, Um, I walk along and I cut through Rimrose Valley and one day a gentleman was there doing a general survey consensus of how often um, the the path is used. So I explained to my user at least four times a day and he said you may need to find an alternative route because this is going to be one of the exits um, for the main dual carriageway, which kind of shocked me a lot. Um, because you know, it's we're right next to the dual carriageway as it is, and that is my route to come to school every day. So I'd need to be walking alongside a, a motorway, a main motorway, at least, like I say, four times.
1: Yeah. Where does he say he was from, Mister?
4: Um, he said he was from the Highways Agency.
5: It's appalling that Highways England have been telling local residents that the road will be coming through when it hasn't even gone to public consultation yet so what exactly do we mean when we say that the road will bring more pollution into the area we asked johnny hyam a lecturer in contemporary dynamic processes at liverpool university whose interests are actually looking at air quality to tell us more about nitrogen dioxide
7: the problem with cars especially with combustion engines is that they create Mainly two types of pollutants, nitrogen oxides or nitrogen dioxide. 33% of the country's pollution is related to cars producing nitrogen dioxide. And the other one we create is particulate matter. These pollutants are pretty nasty things. So nitrogen dioxide, people generally believe that it's, it's bad for you. Uh, it can cause problems with heart problems, respiratory problems, but it's generally nasty stuff. It's a, it's a pollutant. But the more nastier one is these uh, particulate matters, PM 2.5 and PM 10. So the PM 10's fairly nasty. So the PM stands for particulate matter and the 10 stands for microns. And that's created from dust, maybe construction work, uh, a little bit from cars, but not as much, and brake pads and things like that, and industry. So this is the larger stuff. And... This is usually associated to asthma. So as you're breathing around, you can maybe think of it as you're driving down a dust track or some even roads, um, poorly made, and dust comes up. That's your PM10. And it's pretty nasty because that gets sucked into your lungs. So it maybe more has short-term health effects where it's kind of causing asthma or a blocked nose or runny eyes or maybe cause some allergies. It's not great. But the worst one is the PM2.5. So the PM2.5, like the other one, particulate matter, 2.5, so 2.5 microns. And it's that small that it can get absorbed by the red blood cells. So that makes it even more nasty. So as you're breathing this in, in the cities, uh, it goes in through your lungs, goes in through your eyes, and it gets into the bloodstream. And then that can have some really nasty effects on the body itself. So it can cause the hardening of arteries, it can cause strokes, heart attacks again it can cause problems with the lungs it can cause lung cancers and it can also lead to diabetes Uh, and recently there's been a couple of studies which shown it can be even attributed to dementia and cognitive disorders as well so that's particularly nasty
5: as a podcast team we were shocked to find the extent of the problem so we also spoke to sue Heighton from the british lung foundation to find out her perspective
1: a pollutant is really something that's in the atmosphere that shouldn't be there and actually can cause someone harm. My focus is on air quality and particularly around air, air pollution, and that really falls into two categories uh, both um, sort of gaseous and particulate matter. So, nitrogen dioxide is a poisonous gas. Be clear, there is no healthy limit. To nitrogen dioxide in the atmosphere. There's a big issue in North Liverpool and Sefton, which actually has some of the poorest air quality levels across Merseyside. Let's not um, move away from that fact. DEFRA produced figures, and in both Liverpool and in Sefton, there have been some detailed studies that have looked at the levels of nitrogen dioxide, Um, because that is a pollutant which actually has a legal limit. Local authorities across the country, uh, via the government, were asked to reduce uh, levels of nitrogen dioxide in those areas um, in 2010. In 2020, virtually no action has been taken at all. And air quality in this country... Make no mistake, it's a health crisis. It really is, it's a hidden
5: killer. We hear a lot about the impact of nitrogen dioxide. The coal statistics estimate that up to 36,000 people will die as a result of toxic air pollution every year in the UK. Until now, these have been purely numbers. However, a coroner ruled recently in what is thought to be the first time ever in the UK and possibly the world that air pollution was the specific cause of death of nine-year-old Ella kissy Deborah, who sadly passed away in 2013. Here's a BBC clip from the 16th of December.
2: A nine-year-old girl from South London who died following an asthma attack in 2013 has become the first person in the UK to have air pollution listed as a cause of death. Ella Adukisi debra lived near the South Circular Road, which is one of London's busiest routes. In the three years before her death, she'd suffered multiple seizures and was admitted to hospital on 27 occasions. Today, in a landmark ruling, a second inquest into her death found that air pollution made a material contribution to her death.
4: Ella's family home was beside London's busy South Circular Road. She would walk to school along it. At the time, no connection was made between Ella's fatal asthma attack and air pollution. Then new medical evidence emerged.
7: I wanted the real reason why she went through what she went through. I hope through this, her legacy, um, maybe a new Clean Air Act. I think the only bit I got a little bit angry was in court when it turned out that lots of people knew about it and yet the response has been so slow.
4: The original inquest was quashed. And today, the coroner ruled that levels of toxic gases and pollutants in exhausts were way above safe levels set by the World Health Organization. And without doubt, they contributed to her death. The experts are now calling for lessons to be learned from Ella's death.
7: It will mean that we can protect children's health going forward. And what we do need to do is develop the education and the tools needed to talk about air pollution. And hopefully the government will take air pollution reduction as a national
2: priority.
5: Highways England are well aware of the danger to the public from air pollution. As suggested during their public information sessions, they tell us that they will provide some sort of screening along the roadside to contain the pollution. But will this work?
1: Crispin Truman, I'm chief executive of CPRE, the countryside charity. And you read some of the paperwork, the Highways England mitigation measures, seem to say things like, oh we'll build a bridge over it so that'll be okay, we might the a fence up to Stop some of the pollution spreading in people's gardens. It's just
6: shocking.
5: Here's Johnny Hyam.
7: The design models might say that your pollutant's going to sit, so you can put some high banking on. And it might mitigate quite a lot of it. And there's a lot of studies which look about putting vegetation uh, to try and re- reduce some of the pollutions. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be pollutants. The cars are creating pollutants. It really does have an effect the weather. Uh, the meteorological conditions are, are, are huge drivers. The more humidity you have, more chemical reactions happen. The humidity affects how the, the particles move in the air. It's, it's a, quite a complex process, a really, really complex process.
4: I'm Estelle Worthington. I work for Friends of the Earth as a Northwest Campaigns Organiser. Trees have an important role to play in reducing air pollution, but um, just planting avenue trees alongside roads would nowhere near make up for the loss of a green space like Rimrose Valley. So, you know, we need a whole range of options that increase tree cover and tackle air pollution, but building more roads alongside that or using that as a way of mitigating the building of new roads, no, that's not acceptable. Hello I'm Janet McNulty I'm a member of the Rimrose Valley Action Group campaign team This morning we're standing by the roundabout known as the Hamburger Roundabout that um, leads down to Princess Way which is part of the A5036 and if you look down Princess Way you will see that there is um, barriers that have been put up about three or four years ago, that act as sound and some degree of pollution control, but not enough really, because it's still an air quality pollution hotspot.
5: Here's local resident Craig, who's lived in the area all of his life
0: last year the lockdown a lot of a lot of traffic stopped because obviously none could travel so you could actually taste you could actually smell the air better and then all of a sudden when the traffic started again when the lockdown's come out of it and everyone's gone back to work oh, you can taste it you can taste it in the air you know what i mean and it's not good is it you know even when you're up in your, your, your flat windows or your house windows are you get all that crap blowing in your house so you know it's never going to get any better i mean the air pollution around is well past what it should be anyway um So I don't know what they're going to do with it. I don't know how they're going to regulate it. I don't know what they're they're going to do with it. But all I'm going to say is they're just just destroying the place. They're just destroying the area, and that's the only good thing we've got there. And there's a heritage for the kids as well. You know, they get to see wildlife that potentially could get taken away from them. It's going to be murder for everyone. It's not going to solve nothing. It's going to make things a
3: million times worse.
5: It's just been announced that Sefton Council have turned down a planning application due to the existing pollution levels. The application was to develop new flats on the site of the Latham Club, just off the side of Princess Way. The report in the Liverpool Echo said it was rejected because pollution levels are expected to rise even further due to the expansion of the port and the expected increase in HGV traffic. The community around Rimrose Valley are not the only ones threatened by the government's road building programme. Transport Action Network are currently taking legal action against the government on the basis that it has not taken into account the environmental impact of their road building plans. Ironically, former Transport Secretary Chris Grayling, frequently referred to by the media as Failing Grayling, whose own department instructed Highways England to explore this scheme, is now campaigning to amend the Environment Bill in an effort to save our hedgehogs. Let's hear it from Chris Todd from Transport Action Network.
8: We're taking the government to court on the roads programme because we've got to try and, and, and get the government to see sense. We've got to stop building more roads which are carbon intensive. They, they use a lot of carbon to actually build them and then they encourage more traffic, which then you know results in even more carbon being burnt by the, the vehicles that are then using those roads. And that's before you get on to the loss of green space, air pollution, health, et cetera. I mean, they're looking at very specific uh, metrics when they're gauging whether these roads are valued for money. Um, and they don't properly value the impact on people's health. They don't properly um, value the, the impact on climate change, et cetera. And so they, they end up with these um, very skewed metrics, which which are based on very short time savings to individual travellers, which... I suspect most people, when they were travelling, would barely notice.
5: Let's not forget about what is under the park that could contribute to air
2: pollution. My name is Ian Mayers. I'm a resident of Stuart Road and feel that the uh, impact that the road going through Rimrose Valley would radically affect our lives. It used to be a landfill site. And it was a landfill site before the duty of care regulations and all of the EC regulations, which probably won't exist very much longer, um, were uh, introduced to prevent the, the disposal of things like asbestos, transformer oils, uh, batteries, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And, and I can remember as a child there being you know evidence of this sort of material all over that site and any work that will disturb the cap on that site has the potential to release dioxins asbestos fibers polychlorinated biphenyls all kinds of chemicals that are proven to be carcinogenic or harmful to health and that has a serious impact Never mind the impact of putting the road through and all the particulate matter that will come from diesel engines, etc., etc., that alone is a risk to the communities while the road is being built. I realise that they're doing some, some core sampling and drilling and taking samples of it, but oh, how much trust can you put in the results?
8: my name 's Alan, and I played on the old tip when I was a kid. Um, we used to run up and down on the, uh, on our motorbikes. We used to play with in, in all the pools there was big pools of of waste, blast bottles, light bulbs, fluorescent tubes used to shoot them with our catapults so i don 't know what 's below here now, probably a load of mercury now, but there was uh, there was all kinds there was a place so over further over where there was old cars, car batteries um but we used to pick up, pick up the old bonnets of the cars and find voles underneath them. It was teeming with life then, you know, in certain areas, but it's more so now. It's absolutely fabulous. I just like coming up here and looking at the buzzards and the wildlife. It's been a great saviour over these times.
5: Owner of the Port of Liverpool, Peel Ports, is investing in 22 new cranes for its Liverpool 2 deep water container terminal. Five arrived in March this year. Once completed, the port will be capable of handling the largest container ships in the world. So what will the air quality impact be for the community from these massive vessels? My name's George Wivell. I'm an ex-marine engineer.
1: Um, I did quite a lot of, I went away to sea for 10 years, and then I was in the service industry going around the world, taking care of generators and um, the like, Uh, but mainly big engines. Now it's different, I'm sure because the emissions on ships now are are a lot better but they're still not there but they're still going to they're, go, they're still going to contaminate the area obviously especially if you're bringing in these bigger vessels now which is what they're going to do they're going to bring in bigger vessels obviously bigger engines and more output on the uh, CO2s and stuff like that the emissions my name's Paul at
3: Latham I'm uh, the Labour councillor for Ford Ward in Niverland. It's interesting, isn't it, because we declared a climate change emergency in July 2019 and I'm actually the lead on that. And part of the process we're undertaking at the moment is base research, baseline research. And when you actually look at the amount of carbon emissions that come out of shipping, it's absolutely massive. I mean, bear in mind, I don't think, to be honest, Sefton Council can actually restrict that. But I do think that if we're looking to uh, reduce our carbon emissions uh, to zilts by 2050. We are going to have to actually look at the levels of pollution. And I should imagine, well, those, those vessels are much, much bigger than the other ones. So just by the law of what you burn, what goes in, what goes out, and how you move it, that's my, I don't really know that much about them, but it would say to me that yes there will be far higher rates of increased pollution Now the port authorities are required to produce their own um, air quality policy document and we do have officers who are working with the port, with the port to actually um, see how we can get along. so there is that going on and we, we await this document to actually see what um, they have to say.
5: We contacted Sefton Council to see what the situation was regarding this air quality report that Councillor Paulette Lapping mentioned. We can confirm that Sefton met with Peel in late 2019 to discuss this and a number of environmental issues. Sadly, since this initial meeting, Sefton Council has had no further updates or feedback from Peel as to the progress of the strategy. Local MP Peter Dowd recognises that the heavy reliance on roads to transport freight is problematic.
0: You know, if we've got a strategy for having petrol-free cars by 2030, 30, 2035 and 2040, I think we've also got to have concomitantly a strategy for how are we going to reduce pollutants on the road, whether that's through lorries, and that comes back to getting freight <laughs> off the roads, putting them onto a much more efficient, effective and less pollution uh, me- me- methodology or mechanism for transferring freight, basically. i we've been so focused on roads that um, the rail infrastructure is pretty grim. So even if you want to take something from the docks, you have to sort of go much further south to then take it back up to the north or the northeast. There are no proper links across the country from west to east, east to west. It's all north to south, and that's got to change, and that needs investment. That needs significant capital investment in our infrastructure, and we're really not getting it. And I think the Rimrose Valley example, yes, it's 250 million pounds, and it is a lot of money, but in the context of that, that road's gonna be there, if they build it for 50 or 60 years, it's not a lot of money in the context of the the period and the lifetime of the road, and the consequences of more pollution. And we will think back in 10, 5, 10, 15 years time, and think, why in God's name, have we built a road through a valley that we don't really need to build it through when we could have had much more imaginative ways of dealing with it?
5: We recently wrote to Jim O'Sullivan, the previous Chief Executive of Highways England, to draw his attention to our campaign and Sefton Council's recent report offering viable non-road solutions to the problem. Their response was a total insult to our community. They acknowledged the existence of the suggestions, but maintained that the bulldozing of Rimrose Valley should continue. This isn't tolerable. Clearly. They have underestimated the catastrophic issues which are already affecting our community which would only be made worse by building another dual carriageway in the area as we've heard the issue of air quality and the health impacts of pollution are serious and far-reaching today rimrose valley offers respite from these conditions to the thousands of people who use it from all parts of the borough even by existing The Parkland plays a vital role in improving air quality for everyone, not simply the communities which border it. Highways England's plans to simply shift the problem from one location to another isn't just lazy, it's reckless. There are also serious questions as to whether the existing route wouldn't simply remain another additional air-polluting busy alternative. The proposed route would also rejoin the A5036 at Princess Way, Pummeling that community with yet more HGVs travelling to and from the port of Liverpool and making their air quality and living conditions infinitely worse. There is no question that something needs to be done. However, Highways England would have people believe that their road proposal would solve this. It wouldn't. Earlier you heard Ella's mum. She was angry and devastated because lots of people knew about the horrendous pollution along the road Ella had to use to get to school. And how the response from the authorities was so slow. Too little, too late. We really need your help to hold all of our politicians to account for this. As we know it's time for more than talk, it's time for serious action and it's time for a new strategy for moving goods in and out of our port. So how do we solve such a complicated problem? Is it possible to protect essential green space and tackle pollution on the existing road network? We believe it is. In our next episode we'll be exploring the alternative solutions to Highways England's road proposal put forward by Sefton Council. We'll be asking why these solutions weren't explored by our own government prior to appointing Highways England and why aren't they being revisited right now in the face of years of delay and the growing unpopularity of this destructive road project. This podcast was created by the Friends Working Group, namely Tim Brunson, Janet McNulty, Sue Sinclair, Gary Young, Stuart Bennett and myself, Linda Gaskell. Special thanks to Miss Pembleton and the pupils of Rumrose Hope Primary School. John McDonald, Johnny Hyam, Sue Heighton, Crispin Truman, Janet McNulty, Sue Sinclair, Craig... Estelle Worthington, Chris Todd, Ian Mayers, Alan, Councillor Paulette Lapping, George Wivel, Peter Dowd MP, who featured in this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Rimrose Valley, and we are also on Instagram and Facebook. Keep up to date by subscribing to We Said No, wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to find out more information, get involved or support our campaign, please go to rimrosevalleyfriends.org.